So did I snore last night? You typically do. So I'm snoring all the time now. I didn't snore when we were newlyweds, did I? Mm-mm. Did it kind of kick in as I got older and fatter maybe? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm sure I do it too. Well, I, I believe that snoring is really just me breathing in your essence, savoring it, and then breathing out the expression of how much I love you just over and over and over again. That's <laughs> oh what snoring is. Oh my gosh. You don't feel that for me when, so night when I'm keeping you awake with my snoring? Oh my gosh. No, probably not. Welcome, everybody. This is the Imperfect Normal Families Only Podcast. This is Barrett Johnson. And Jennifer Johnson. Hey, we're married. It's great to be together, being able to just record something and talk and encourage on this, our sixth episode, I believe it is, of our podcast. We're new at this. I feel like everybody's podcasting right now. I feel like it's there's been like an influx. Uh, the market's been overloaded with podcast content. Yes. We're just one more voice out there, and the fact you've chosen to listen to us today is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our friends who listened to it together. That's right. We met a that we talked to this weekend. They told us I did. They share a car ride on a road trip and they share a pair of headphones, one in each ear. I love them. That's fun that we can kind of share that and have that know that someone's out there hearing us. That's awesome. At least them. (laughs) Well, again, we call this the Imperfect Normal Families Only podcast because we all would admit that we're imperfect. We don't have it perfectly figured out. We're all you know figuring family life out, doing our best to uh, be the right kind of people. But how do you know this podcast is right for you? We've kind of got a trademark here of, of dropping a few things, of just kind of giving a profile of the family that probably should be listening to this. And so here's a couple possibilities that you can know. Um, if you've ever attended more than four different sporting events of your kids on one Saturday, like you've had to you know share rides and you take that one and I'll meet you there for the second half of this one and we'll be there for upwards. And then we'll, have you ever done that with more than four mm-hmm. games? This might be the kind yep. of podcast for you. You may be landing on the And right place. man, we had a cross country runner that I promise you, I, we had to drive forever on Saturdays to get to some of those cross country. And it was always great fun for the first 30 seconds of the race. And then <laughs> you, you never get to see her child. Minutes, and then it's they're running in the they... forest somewhere. <laughs> not, a, not a great spectator sport. Uh, no. What else? How, how else folks know this is a podcast for them, Jen? Um, if you have ever cleaned out your car and found French fries older than one of your kids, this <laughs> podcast is for you. That's not bad. Yeah. And it's so scary and so gross to think about the fact that that French fry still looks like the French fry still, you could probably eat that it. you would get. <laughs> you, you, I wouldn't recommend it, but you probably could. That you would get that day. All right, so just, just listen oh, to if, if you're driving me. your car somewhere in a frozen tundra and you get stuck like you hear these people <laughs> doing and you're trapped in your car for three or four days, you would eat that French fry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. All right, here, here's one more to know if this podcast for you. If you can relate to this quote from Ray Romano, this is from Everybody Loves Raymond. I found this quote online. This is a clip from his show where he's kind of sharing with his big his big brother, who's a newlywed, I think, what it what it means to be married, what marriage is like. Here's what Ray Romano says. If you can relate to this quote, this is a podcast for you. You know how when you're you're sleeping and you you kind of stop breathing. When you're married, there's always someone there to nudge you alive. <laughs> All right, I don't know what I'm talking about. Look, look, this is marriage. You wake up in the morning and she's there. You, you, you come home at night and she's there. You eat, she's there. You, you go to sleep, there. And I know that sounds like a bad thing. But it's not. So, honey, everywhere I go, you're there. 
I see you all the time, just like Ray Romano recommends. And mm-hmm. I can relate to that. That's the good part. That's that's what's great about marriage is that it's, you're faithful and you're consistent. And I know in the ebbs and flows of ugliness of life, good days, bad days, I know that you're there with me. And that's a good thing. It's the one person you pick to drive yeah. you crazy for the rest of your life. Exactly. But you're there. And yeah. the consistency of that's great. So and doing I'm, info has put us together a whole lot more. I kind of sometimes feel like a retired couple. We're here together all the time. Mm-hmm. You're always there. I still love you, though. I and love it's you been too. fun. Well, uh, we had a great week this week. We uh, got to see our son, our second born, graduate from fire training school, which is pretty cool. Very. And uh, so he's a fireman now, EMT, got all certified and everything. And so that's great. We had a celebration on Sunday afternoon. We, we went to graduation last week. We then had a, kind of a family gathering with his in-laws and their family and all of our kids and grandkids. And that was just, mm-hmm. that's, one of those, that's one of those good days. Yeah. One of those days that the sun's shining and you just, uh, it was so nice. It's been really gloomy here for the winter. Um, but so fun to watch our son-in-laws love our daughters in front of us, hug and kiss and, um, our newlywed daughter and her husband. I mean, just they're precious. They're still just so gaga over each other. And, um, it's just a neat thing to see. We've had to learn sometimes about how to keep our marriage fresh by watching our kids dating or, mm-hmm. or courting or early days of marriage because they are kind of gaga over each other mm-hmm. and we kind of reminded. We are very far from that point. <laughs> we, we've gotten a little stale, honey. I remember when our first son-in-law was dating our daughter, he would bring flowers over the house. Lindsay was still living at home and he'd bring flowers to the house and I was always like, dude, you're making me look bad every time you come over. Like, And he, he brought flowers to you once, didn't he? <laughs> I was like, don't ever do that again, man. <laughs> he probably did. He's so sweet. But it, it inspired me and reminded me to yeah. keep on being with you. Which we're going to talk about today, how to love your wife well. We get to see that from our kids loving each other well. And we talked about last podcast, respecting your husband's ladies and building him up and encouraging him, how important that is. It's neat to watch our girls do that with our uh, sons-in-law and our, our son. But today we're going to talk us more about how to love your wife, how to build up your wife. Guys, what you can do. So ladies, you can go back and listen to last week's episode where Jennifer coached you, but this episode mainly I'm going to coach you uh, fellas a lot about how you can keep on loving, keep on building up your wife, which we've got to stay on top of because it's easy to get neglectful and and not do those things. So um, we're going to do that today. It's going to be a great topic. And so we're thrilled to get into it today. We teach us a lot. Before we do that though, let's look at our imperfect normal family of the week. really have tried to get people to start for real Friday again we did it really well several years ago and, um, and that's a hashtag just to say yeah. hey share your honest open ugly authentic because everything else on Facebook is so beautiful yes and I feel hypocritical because we kind of need to do that. We haven't done that ourselves, but anyway, we should do it more often. Barrett's going to tell a great. Well, we did for real. Look through the archives and found a great for real fire story uh, from a young family and have a couple of kids, and uh, they were describing a, uh, a a big football sporting event game. They gathered at a friend's house, you know, four or five families and all their kids eating barbecue and just kind of enjoying the day. And and our friends shared the story. Their toddler decided she was going to vomit in her mom's lap. And so she just, <laughs> toddlers do that. They eat something bad or they get a little stick or something. And so we're at a friend's house and she vomits all in her mom's lap, all over their friend's carpet. So disaster, ugly, everyone's scrambling. 
awful moment that you dread as a parent when when bodily functions start happening that way. So they got the little girl cleaned up, you know, got her in the bathtub there at the house, got her in a pair of clothes they borrowed from their friends, some PJs that, that matched well, that kind of thing. And they waited a little while, still at the party, and it happened again. Another little bit of vomit. So more puke. And they had, you know, planned on staying a little longer. They said, you know what, I think this is not gonna work out tonight. They they kind of cleaned her up best they could, got her in the car. In the car on the way home, different environment, different clean environment. What happened? Of course, child threw up once again. So now we have puke on the clothes and the neighbor's carpet in the mom's lap. And now the kid throws up in the car. It's so terrible. Nothing better than the smell of puke in a car. Oh, it's stop. just the worst thing ever. So I get her home. They, they get her in the bath. They clean her up. Bedtime, lay her down. I think they're culling with her a little bit somewhere, just kind of ready for bed. And, and of course, what does she do again? She pukes some more. So now we have in the bedroom. We've had moments where we've got projectile vomiting. Oh, just gosh. Kind of it just brought up the same a memory. I wonder if it's the same memory as you're thinking. But Well, of our red jello at oh, grandma's house? My gosh, it wasn't jello. It was three of our kids. We were coming down off the mountain from skiing in Colorado. Yeah. They always had bouts of... Uh, Altitude sickness. Altitude they, they, they sickness. Get a little sick but up there. Yeah. when we got to my grandmother's house in Amarillo to stay the night, she loves to take us out to eat. We took them to Luby's or some sort of cafeteria. Yeah. And my kids were at that age where they're so excited about filling up their own drink at the drink That's dispenser. Right. It wasn't Jello. It was the fountain. So drinks. it was like a red high C high fruit C. punch thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they just refilled those cups over and over again. <laughs> came home to my grandmother's house and. All three were doing that. And my grandmother's carpet was white. It was a beautiful white, white carpet. <laughs> it was lovely. Not, not made for children with puke and red I don't dye. know how we did it. And we did clean it. Yeah. I mean, I should have probably sent a carpet cleaner over there, but I think we did a pretty good job. <laughs> Unbelievable. Terrible. Well, if a kid throws up on you, just realize, welcome to parenthood. It's all a part of life and you're going to make it through it. Hey, let's talk about a story that's in the news. So given that our topic today is about loving our wives well, gentlemen learning how to care for your wife and encourage her and, and just to meet her needs for love and affection and attention, I thought about one of the ways we do that is through serving their, our wives and loving them and you know just uh, helping carry their load at times. We came across a story in Time Magazine from a few years ago where they referenced something found in the Journal of Marriage and Family. So a scholarly article where they investigated couples and tracked down. And one thing they realized, the headline of the Time article was this, and this is the finding. Yes, couples who share chores have more sex. More importantly, I think the takeaway is that men who do more chores around the house actually end up having more sexual intimacy than those who do not. Which when I see that kind of headline, I'm like, let me read this article. You know, it's most men probably with a half a brain will be motivated to read this kind of article. Mm -hmm. what, what does this mean? Does this surprise you at all, sweet wife? No, it's awesome. Well, because it makes sense. Because mm -hmm. in our early days of our marriage, we experienced some of that, that. That when we had a lot of kids at the house, when I came home and served or invested in the children or cleaned the kitchen or whatever else, that gave you a chance to kind of you know just dial down and relax a little bit, which every mom needs. It's called foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> That's foreplay. Yeah, kitchen cleaning foreplay. Well, there's a quote here from uh, the research. And they said that by 2006, couples who had reported sharing housework fairly equally with a man doing more than a third and up to 65% of the housework reported having sex significantly more often than couples where the woman or the man did more of it 
too much. So balance and equality is kind of a good thing. We're all feel like we're sharing our load here. I think creates openness and understanding and Hey, you, you empathize with me and I'm tired. So let's pitch in together. That's, it's more than just doing the work. I think it's the camaraderie or the partnership of we're in this together. Creates intimacy Mm -hmm. and creates oneness, which is a good thing. We need that. Here's another quote in that article. Why do chores change anything? The evidence shows that when men do a greater share of housework, women's perceptions of relationship, fairness, and satisfaction are greater, Mm. writes this um, author. And when couples are more satisfied with their relationships, they tend to get it on more often. (laughs) The secret ingredient especially seems to be childcare. So carrying the load of the kids. Mm -hmm. And we experienced that in the early days of our marriage. That really is true and good. Well, that's great information. That's cool to know that. So and that makes a great transition to our topic today. So let's go ahead and get into our main featured topic. So we love teaching this stuff when we do events. And we uh, will cover this and Jennifer will teach what she taught last time in the last podcast about how to build up your husband. And then I will spend some time investing in teaching the fellows in the room kind of what's like to love your wife. And we steal a lot of this content from one of our favorite books in the whole world, Shanti Feldhans, For Women Only, For Men Only. Great books to read together. So grab a couple of those. We'll mention that more a little bit later. But some key coaching that she gives, and, and this isn't an exhaustive list, and it's kind of a paraphrase. Some things we pull out of it are some ways that a, a man truly can love his wife well. And one quote that we always go back to is that most women have an overwhelming desire for a powerful love relationship with their husbands. And maybe men, you certainly enjoy that and you get that, but a wife is more sensitive to that. I think I think you, Jen, are more mm-hmm. mindful of when we're uh, doing well, connected emotionally, our, our relationships firing on all cylinders. Yeah, which you're, you're made, more attuned to that than I am. Which made me feel like I was a nag because I was the one always bringing up the fact that we weren't connecting or we need to go on a date or whatever. But then having learned all of this, it made me not feel so bad because it really is the woman that's typically the barometer. And and you will let me know when things aren't going well. And mm-hmm. and that's okay. Some men see that as a, as a problem where she is giving me a hard time. I think, fellas, if, if your wife brings up, hey, we're not connecting right now. Mm-hmm. Be thankful that she's yeah, saying that. Receive because, that because as it's a like, gift. Agree with her. I mean, if you if you don't fully get what she's saying, hey, we're together all the time. Well, Jen, you you, you have a more need. I, I need it as well. But when you say to me, I need to connect with your heart better, I, I can go, yeah, you're right. Let's do what we need to do to get there. Mm-hmm. And so don't feel bad, ladies, if you have to bring it up. But, fellas, when she does bring it up, be sure to respond accordingly. And many times the roles are reversed. Many times you'll have a guy who's more insensitive to this and the girl is all business. Well, again, ladies, if that's you, then when your husband says, I want your heart, y'all figure out what it means to, to, to get her heart quickly. But we want to just cover some content and encourage guys on some ways that you can truly connect with the heart of your wife, truly love your wife, and, and maybe use these things we'll cover here today as a starting place to talk about it. You know, ladies, you may go, no, that's not that big a deal for me, but, oh, that's very, very important. And just use a springboard to talk. So here's a couple of things. We've got three or four of them here. One thing that the research from Chanti Felton's work says is that, fellas, you have to tell the girl that you love her often. You have to communicate it with her. And it can't be a flippant, hey, I love you. You know, I wish to think that. I say, honey, I've told you I love you 17 times a day. But if it's kind of the, if the last three seconds said very quickly at the end of a phone call, I say that it doesn't count. It doesn't count. I think you're right. Because that's just more of a, yeah, it's a reassurance. It's there a, it is. Well, it's a habit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's a good one, but. Yeah, it's not substantive. Right. 
one thing that Shanti's research showed is that girls need reassurance. And I think that comes mainly maybe a female male difference at times. And this isn't for everybody, but for many couples, the stereotypes hold true that men don't need that reassurance quite so much. We just have this default, sometimes misplaced and almost arrogant idea of I'm awesome. Why wouldn't she love me? <laughs> but, but girls have this insecurity typically that more is why does he love me? Am I lovable? And so men, we need to constantly remind the girl, you are lovable. You're desirable. I, I, I want to be with you. I, I, I would, I would choose you a million times over and over again. Mm-hmm. That has got to be communicated regularly. Yeah. I love doing our marriage, uh, event in the, in Asheville in the fall where we do a, a vow renewal service for folks who want to do that. It's not required, but probably half the couple show up for that. Cause it's kind of sweet. Yeah. And I love it that a guy can say, Hey, I've been married to you for 25 years. And I would choose you all over again, knowing mm-hmm. what I know about you. I think mm-hmm. we're, we make our wedding vows. We're kind of naive and we kind of go, yeah, I'm in, I'm committed to you. But I think sometimes girls go, oh, he knows all my ugly parts now. And for <laughs> a man to say, hey, I've seen, I've seen your best and I've seen your worst. Mm-hmm. I'd still choose you and I still mm-hmm. love you. Gr- girls need to know that. Uh, from their guys and, and we need to be apt to tell it the sweetest thing ever in Asheville was that precious lady who had probably been married over 50 years and she came to the uh, vow renewal and Barrett was sort of in charge of doing it that weekend and she came up to me and said I just love those vows that your husband just did is there any way I can get a copy of them and it just it just I don't know it just wrecked me because I thought what how many years has this precious couple? I think she was at that point pushing him around in a wheelchair. Wow. And their love for one another was so sweet that she wanted to hold on to that set of vows that they had just said right. to one another. I mean, that just, ooh, it humbles me well, so much. I, I was sitting at lunch with a friend a number of years ago, and he was he and his wife had seen a counselor a couple of years back, and they got some great insights, and I just I stole one of his insights that he had gotten. He, he described for me the reality that, that and he drew a picture on a napkin of he and his wife kind of far apart. And he says, I've got all these feelings for my girl. I, my commitment to her, my love for her, and how much I cherish her. I mean, all, he said, I've got all these feelings for her. Mm-hmm. And he said, my counselor, though, drew a picture, a little box between us. And he wrote this down in the box. W-O-R-D-S, words. Mm-hmm. And he kind of drew an arrow from me to that box and from that box to the girl. If you picture that. And he said, you know, I've got all these feelings for her and my commitment to her, my love for her. But if I don't use words to say that to her, then it's mm. pretty meaningless. That's a great visual. It is. And so, fellas out there, your girl needs reassurance. And she needs to know with your words how much you value her and how much you love her. So tell her and take her hands in your face or your her face in your hands <laughs> and, and just look her in the eye and tell her in a meaningful way that, that she knows. Here's the, how I love you and here's why I love you. Um, recognize that much of our love should be unconditional. It's not, here's the reasons I love you. Because if she doesn't fill those reasons, are you going to stop loving her? No, I'll love you no matter what. But a reminder mm-hmm. of that in some ways. I think to add to that, honey, that's all pretty good stuff there. I mean, that's, that's great. Indeed. Well, a second thing to, cre- to realize is to realize that, uh, that your girl's need to be pursued is not going away. She has a need to be pursued by you. To, to, to be chased by you, to be courted by you, even after the courtship is over. We did a blog post a couple of years ago called, or the, the, the theme of it was that most men pulled a bait and switch on their wives and that they presented something, a kind of person when they were dating to get her to fall in love with him, to woo her. And then after they got married, he stopped being that guy. He stopped wooing her. But the reality is, gentlemen, 
your wife, the person you brought to your wife when you were wooing her and courting her is the person she expects to be married to. And so you have to keep on doing that stuff you did. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you really pull the bait and switch. You sold her a bill of goods and then you presented a different person down the married, down the life of the course of your marriage. Now, obviously we'll get busy and things will slow down everything else. That's, that's reality. But we have to keep on pursuing the girl and keep on reminding her, Hey, you're the apple of my eye and you're, the champion of my heart and I'm, you're worth pursuing your youth chasing. You're, you're worth dating. I, I want to keep on pressing into your heart and we can get lazy with that as fellows. I don't know, but I'm just thinking as we teach these things, these are the things that a man would ask himself if he knows his marriage is not going well. That's great. Like, you know, this is, these are the three things I'm going to ask myself. Have I dated her? Have I told her I really love her? So if he can do these things to really love well, it can spark something in her. And it should be the questions he asks yeah, himself. Yeah, I think a man can when, complain, hey, why aren't we connecting? But he's not doing it about it. And so he's a great place to start. That's great, huh? A third thing husbands can do to really love their wives well is to listen well. Uh, practice empathetic listening, where you listen with empathy and, and engage in that pro- process. Um, women use a lot more words than men do, and men can be very short with our words and just kind of be matter of fact. Women get together and they talk, and they talk for hours and hours and hours, and they go deep, and they they engage in process, and they you know ask good questions. Fellows, we got to learn to ask good questions of our wives. When they're telling a story about something or something they experienced or a hurt they felt or whatever, ask follow-up questions. You know, how'd that make you feel, and 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 what what happened with that, and be curious along those lines. You know, being curious is a great thing to do to just explore deeper and deeper the heart of your wife. Mm-hmm. And most time, men are not curious by nature. I'm not. Just give me the facts. Good. That's it. What else we got going on? Mm-hmm. I need to be curious with my wife, and I need to look into your heart and say. Tell me more. When I explore deep questions with you, or when I say, tell me more about that, or or, or ask, how did that make you feel? Does, does that show my desire to, to know more of who you are or what's going on? Of does course, it, yeah. Yeah. When you remember to. When I remember to. Just everybody know we still work on this. Yeah. I mean, we really do. Yeah. Um, everybody will have to just keep working this and working this and reminding ourselves that respect is what he needs to feel loved yeah. and these are the things that a woman needs to feel loved. Yeah. Well, I think it gets really weird. The stakes are raised when the, the, the story our wife is telling, let me talk about our stuff, Jen. I'll, we'll, 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 we'll bear our souls and share our sins. When Jennifer tells a story to me about something that's happened and maybe a hurt or offense, and it's related to me and what I've done. Maybe I've, I've done something wrong or I've hurt her feelings somehow. She can say, here's what you did and here's how you hurt me. My temptation that moment is to get defensive and explain to her why I didn't mean to hurt you or, or, or why you're wrong for feeling what you're feeling. And so when you say I'm hurt and I say, well, you shouldn't be hurt because here's why. Does that immediately calm things down and make you go, oh, I'm not hurt anymore? Has that ever worked in our marriage? Never in a million years. It's never worked. No. Because I think I'm not, I'm not listening. I'm not offering empathy. I'm not validating you're what not you're owning feeling. It. I'm not owning it. Even if there was an excuse or a reason or doesn't matter, you're hurt. And I got to acknowledge you're hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's so vitally important. So when, when the girl comes to you fellas and says, here's what you did and here's what hurt me, boy, our, our tendency, our knee-jerk reaction is to get defensive and explain it away. Don't, don't do that. Take a minute just to, to hear what the girl's saying, to validate her feelings and to own your part in what happened. Even if you don't feel like you were you know, in the wrong, it wasn't your fault. It doesn't matter. She's hurt. And it goes a long way to empathize with her. And as you do that, it 
kind of deflates the balloon of intensity there. You can then talk about what happened and what you meant to do or whatever. But, it, but when we go defensive early on, it usually doesn't work out very well for us. Rarely, if, if ever. I don't think it's ever worked out for any man in the history of mankind <laughs> somewhere along there. Um, another thing, finally, that you can do to love your wives well, guys, and most girls can relate to this, is they need to know that they're lovely, that they're attractive, that they're beautiful, that you, your wife needs to know that she still rocks your world. And so telling your wife that she's beautiful, telling her that that she's, you know, your eye still is drawn to her is is critical. And honey, I do this all the time, don't I? I do it so much, you tell me to stop telling you because that is my tendency to always oh, do this, gosh. right? Well, you've seen me at my worst in the last, what, year and a half? I mean, well, it's been pretty bad. Well, it's interesting to, this, as we're recording this, you know, folks listening can't see the the looks that we give one another. Of course, <laughs> as I shared that what men need to be doing I recognize that uh, I'm not always spectacular at this. No, I, um, we're, none of us are. I'm we, telling you, we're all of, you know, we're all at work trying to figure. But Jennifer, this out. you're a lovely person, but you don't always feel that way, or you need to hear that from the man that you love and that man that loves you. You need to be reminded of that. It's that, funny. You're really good about telling me how good when I dress up to go to church or something, yes. but. <laughs> it's a little harder to say that or think that when I wanna, I've been. I like, want to appreciate the effort that you made. Laid up for two different surgeries and wearing yoga pants I'm all the time. Well, you look great in yoga pants. Pant, you know how all the skinny jeans are in. <laughs> I couldn't get my stupid knee in any of my skinny jeans. Well, knee surgery slows things down. Oh, but you, my gosh. You look great with a snowy knee. Well, beyond just saying, hey, you're pretty, she, she needs to know that, that she still rocks your world. And so, fellas, here's a little tip I give to guys all the time. If if she has to ask, how do I look, and you give a great response, you've already blown it. It's too late. You need to do the preemptive strike and get there before she asks and tell her, hey, you look great. Um, you, you, you're beautiful and you, you rock my world. And then likewise, you know, we always follow up with this tip is, gentlemen, make wise choices with your eyes. There, there are a lot of beautiful women out there to draw your eyes to. Those are not the women for you. God has given you one wife, so guard your eyes, bounce your eyes. Don't don't let your eyes wander. Say, God, give me an amazing appreciation and value for my wife's beauty, and and then savor it and and enjoy it and and compliment it. And as you do that and build up your wife, it'll go a long way to to encouraging her and helping to her to love. Take these things on this list and use them as a checkpoint. I always do want to end that part with. I think women are so bad about. Um, receiving compliments yes. from their husbands and they're like, Oh no, I don't look good. Da, 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 da. And then they get upset because their husbands never say anything, you know, it's, but it, we are very bad at taking compliments. So when he does compliments, you receive it. You need to receive it. And I also feel like I want to reward you for bouncing your eyes yeah. and for keeping your eyes pure. And, you know, I enjoy rewarding you for that. There you go. And I, I enjoy your enjoyment of rewarding <laughs> me for that. Well, that's good. When we've got our eyes, it does build strength in relationships. And so, uh, guys, bless your wife that way and love her well. Well, uh, let's talk about our resource for the week that serves as a great tool that you can follow up with as we go. Resource we love and recommend again is the books by Shanti and Jeff Feldhahn for women only and for men only. They have great practical research, great tips. Jennifer mentioned it last time. I will mention it again this time as a great tool to read together. And I'm not sure we mentioned this last time. We say we recommend reading them opposite. So men read a book targeted at women and women read a book targeted at men and, and take notes in it. So as a wife, you're reading a book about women for your man. Take notes in it and circle things in the margins and say, this really relates and this is how I feel and I need more of this. And then when your husband reads that book, it's not just a manual on women, it's a manual 
on you. And it's a great way to tee up some great conversations there. Um, so again, take advantage of those books you can find on Amazon. Uh, we recommend it on our website. And as always, go to our podcast episode page to find a link to that resource. Well, let's look at our question of the week. Our question of the week comes from our marriage event back in the fall. And as always, we love your questions. So we were collecting those, send them in, email us at at help at infoforfamilies.com. Whatever question you've got, we'll keep anonymous. But today's question does come from a man. I think every man can relate to this. He kind of asks, my love language is different from my wife's love language. And I have a hard time meeting my wife's need for love, whether it's gifts or quality time. It just doesn't come naturally to me. How do I meet a love language regularly that I don't speak regularly. And my suggestion or my response to that is you've got to become bilingual and just tenaciously work at becoming more of what your wife needs to be. You, you, you've got to just work at it and you've got to be faithful to do it. And you've got to just say, God, give me creative ideas to do it. Find me ways to to scratch this itch. And it, you know, most time these love languages we have or the the, the thing we have about even something like gifts. If, if your wife's love language is gifts, you think it's got to be some huge, enormous, elaborate, big thing. But most time what we learn is small is meaningful. Even small acts of kindness, small gifts, small actions that you take to bless is what breeds a healthy, strong marriage. It's not necessarily the big stuff. Big stuff's great, but don't think the old, you know, go big or go home. Just think small things mm-hmm. of how can I, do something tiny, tiny, teeny, tiny that, that scratches my wife's love need and do that just on a regular basis. Well, and don't feel like the whole love language thing is like you've got to get it perfect all the yeah. time. I think love language is another thing that you look at when you are not doing well in your marriage. Sure. And that could be a possible, you know, game changer for your marriage. But like my love language right now is quality time. And Barrett and I are together a lot, but. The quality time that I need is like once every six weeks to go away to a hotel or to a cabin in the woods or something where there's no kids and there's no, we don't use our cell phones and we don't look at, you know, we, we don't look at our computers, we don't work. And so you don't have to do her love language every day. You, you do my love language like once every six weeks or so. So I don't know. Don't feel like it's a huge burden. Just just ask God and ask your wife how much of whatever it is she really likes that she needs. Well, and if it doesn't come natural to you, there is a spiritual component to this. Just asking God, God, would you inspire me? Would you motivate? Would you remind me? Give me ideas. Show me what it looks like to to be what I'm not naturally or to do what doesn't come naturally. We've got a God who loves us and is for us and wants us to be transformed, wants us to keep on growing and the more he wants us to be in our marriages. So start with asking him, and he will give you what you need. That's the promise he gives us, and we can be guaranteed of that every single time. He will be faithful. Well, wrapping things up, Jen, let me ask you a question. If a guy out there wants to love his wife well and wants to love her better, is there a place he can start, even just by asking her or just seeking her? How can he, how can he go to his wife with kind of hat in hand and say, I want to be a better husband to you. I want to love you better than I ever have before in the coming months. What's the best way to start that conversation? Well, I think with this podcast, I mean, I always think a podcast, a book, uh, going to a marriage retreat sets up the fact that you do care and 
it kind of can bring up the subject for you that you feel awkward bringing up. And I think it's very hard for guys to bring these things up in the natural everyday world because they're guys and they just don't think that way. And so I think that, and I hope and I pray that this podcast can be something that a guy hears and then he goes home and says, man, I listened to this today and I realized that I'm not quite doing all the things that I think a woman really needs. And these were the three things they talked about. Which one is most important to you? Which one could I work harder on? Yeah. And if you're a lady listening to this, certainly, I think any man would respond if he's a good-hearted man. Honey, I really want you to take 35 minutes and listen to this thing I listened to the other day. Mm -hmm. In the car on the way to work or as you work out, whatever, put on your headphones. Listen to it and then let's talk about it. It may tee up some good things in our marriage. So start there. And Jennifer, you mentioned a minute ago, I'll make a shameless plug. You mentioned, you know, doing something where you read a book or you listen to something or go on a marriage retreat. We are still probably more excited than anything else that we do in ministry about our great marriage getaway we do every fall. Mm -hmm. And this is a major marriage event up in Ridgecrest, outside of North outside of uh, Asheville, North Carolina. It is you know, four or 500 people gathered, great worship, great teaching, great breakouts, just a retreat to get away and focus on your marriage. If you live anywhere near that neck of the woods in the Southeast, it's worth a three or four hour drive to come join us for a great time. Mm -hmm. Second weekend of October, we're already probably more than halfway filled up and it's still six months away. And so spaces are going to fill up and it's going to max out. And so if you're interested in that, you can just go to greatmarriagegetaway.com and it links to our website. You can find all the details and all the information about it. It's one of the best things we do. And we're looking forward to another great event this fall. Yes. Well, cool. As always, we're glad you listened to what we got here. You can connect with us at infoforfamilies.com, our website, and you can link to your social media posts, which you do have a For Real, For Real Friday. We'd love to hear your neat stories. Email us with your questions and just any way we can come alongside you and your family life we want to do. We love it when you share this podcast with others, and it does a great thing for us when you go on iTunes and actually subscribe to it so it's downloaded. We did pass something up recently, Jen. We had 1,000 downloads of our new podcast, so we've passed the 1,000 download mark, which is pretty cool. So Thank you, everybody, for passing it along and sharing. Indeed. We we love that so much. Well, for now, uh, this is Barrett. And Jen. And we're glad you listened. We'll catch you next time on the Imperfect and Normal Families Only podcast.